Are you a 3PL spending more time and money than you'd like recruiting and onboarding logistics roles? Then it's time to check out Rapido Solutions Group, the leaders in nearshore logistics staffing. Located right next door in Mexico, they have access to the freight talent you need. From carrier sales to tracking and tracing and everything in between, they can do the heavy lifting for you. So if you're ready to get your time back and want to move fast, check out Rapido Solutions Group. Visit GoRapido.com to get started today. Hello and welcome to the Bootstrapper's Guide to Logistics, the FreightWaves podcast highlighting founders doing it the way that doesn't get a lot of attention. We're here to change that and grow the small business community in our industry by sharing their stories and inspiring others to take the lead. I'm your host, Nate Schutz. Let's build something together from the ground up. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I'd like to start by giving a shout out to Lorena Camargo of Pearl Trans in Los Angeles for being on the show last week. Lorena, uh, your bootstrap story plus underdog story and all that you've been through is super inspiring. I hope you got a boost in your own personal network last week when your show went live and, and hopefully some folks gave you some encouragement. So thanks again for sharing your story. This week, I'm excited to get to introduce Bill Hale, who's the co-founder and CEO of FetchGoat, which is a last mile SaaS product. Bill, good afternoon. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I am fantastic. And wow, I listened in uh, with Lorena's interview and that was fantastic. 27 million. She can do it. No doubt in my mind she's going to get to that. And I, as soon as we got done recording, I said, I have to be, if not your first, your second phone call when you hit that number, because we're going to do a Where Are They Now episode for Lorena sooner rather than later when she hits that number. So Lorena, if you're listening, keep up the good work. Bill, I want to know how the name Fetch Goat came to be. But first, can we start just a little bit with bootstrapping? I know it's kind of near and dear to your heart. So what does bootstrapping mean to you as a founder? Wow. Bootstrapping is everything. I grew up bootstrapping everything from my own bicycles, uh, motorcycles. Uh, we didn't have money as a kid. And so you were kind of left to get pretty creative. And also, I wanted to give a shout out. I was brought up in the business with quite a bootstrapper uh, as uh, one of my mentors growing up. This guy used to, you'll love this. So this guy used to wake up early, read his neighbor's newspaper wrap it back up and put it back in his driveway before the neighbor woke up. Industrious. <laughs> he, this, he used to comb through our expense reports and take off a cup of coffee or anything. And he always told me, he goes, if I watch the pennies, the dollars take care of themselves. So we set out to bootstrap uh, Fetchcoat. The co-founders are all you know senior executives. And so they all make a pretty good living. We had some pretty decent income. You know, It took us about a year and a half to build this. We used about everything that was available to us. But yeah, we wouldn't have it any other way. So we're well beyond, you know, obviously well beyond an MVP. So we have a, a fully workable product. We're up and running with customers and uh, generating revenue. So things are really good. Did you find that having made it to the point in your career being an executive, that the network that you had built throughout your career sped up the process of finding new customers and developing the MVP in a way that you know, others might not have the benefit of? Oh, 100%. I think in two ways. Number one, I have some really, really good relationships with some fantastic customers. And we were able to lean on them early to help support us. 
I knew what their struggles were too. These have been customers for years, which kind of led us to the build of FetchGoat, knowing what they're up against every day. And so we wanted to build a product to really help them. And as we were building the product, you know, I was making a mental checklist of, gosh, I know this customer could really benefit from this. You know, I reached out for them early on and kept them informed along the way. They're enjoying it now. The fruits of the labor, for sure. They're definitely enjoying the savings now. What exactly is FetchGoat doing? FetchGoat is built for enterprise shippers that manage large groups of delivery providers. You know, we all know that very rarely you walk into a business and they say, gosh, we give everything to this delivery partner. It's very, very rare. Most of them, if you have a national footprint, you have, you know, dozens potentially of delivery partners around the country, kind of the best in every area. And so in managing all those people or all those delivery providers, you have a team of people that are calling for status updates and getting, you know, various updates from the providers. And that's where we target. So we are bringing all those delivery providers into a single dashboard to create efficiencies for enterprise shippers. So that's on one side. The other side is also helping them connect the largest delivery network in the country. Say more, because when you talk about the largest delivery network in the country, people's mind immediately go to asset-based carriers, whether it's you know FedEx, Ground, or UPS in the final mile. What do you mean by largest delivery network? You know, you and I, both being industry guys, know that FedEx and UPS are not the largest delivery networks out there. You know, they rely on an entire, almost entire industry to provide that final mile to a lot of these remote places, either the small towns or the rarely service zip codes. They rely on delivery partners throughout the country. So when I talk about the largest delivery network, I'm talking about connecting all of those final mile delivery companies all over the country. There's literally thousands of them. And so we are bringing all those into a single network, which is FetchGoat. We want to offer that delivery network to the masses. So you've got a virtual fleet then spread all over the country. How are you finding customers? The customers are the enterprise shippers. And the enterprise shippers are the ones that are having to manage these dozens of, of delivery partners throughout the country. And so when we first built the tool, we wanted to go to the actual delivery partner, but we didn't have anything to offer them. You know, we couldn't go there and say, hey, join FetchCoat. <laughs> like, what the heck's a FetchCoat? So we knew that the way to go get those delivery partners on board was to bring on the enterprise shippers and bring them some value. So that's why we built the analytics suite, you know, predictive analytics, all those good things for an, the enterprise shipper and said, now that we have this, now we're able to collect all of those delivery partners throughout the country and bring them onto a single network. So Bill, what the heck actually is a fetch goat? I wrote an article about it on LinkedIn recently because we kept getting the question over and over again. So I thought, okay, well, maybe I could write something, tell the story. But we wanted to, to have a couple of things. We wanted to have a mascot. That's me. I wanted something marketable that we could have a mascot. And then next, we wanted something that was unique. So that way, when you went to Google and you searched the name, we were the only thing that came up, right? So we weren't going to rank way down and have to fight our way up. We were going to be the only thing there. And, uh, and then we wanted something that was proper spelling. So you didn't have to do that with, you know, creating some kind of weird name. And then last, um, you know, we wanted something that kind of memorialized what the system does. And so the system actually goes out and fetches data from delivery partners, brings it back and displays it for the customer. We thought, hey, what about fetch? Well, fetch is taken. 
and said, okay, well, what about GoFetch? GoFetch is taken as well. And so someone said, okay, what about Fetch Go? I said, no, that's kind of odd. And then we just kind of all collectively said, what about Fetch Go? And uh, we kind of boarded it out at the same time. We put it up on the board. We circled it. We were in a, in, a, in a strategy meeting in Atlanta. Put it up on the board, circled it, resonated, liked it. And that's what we ended up with. What does the GOAT part mean? Is that the greatest of all time you know, acronym? Well, yeah. So that when they said it, they said, yeah, fetch GOAT, you know, like the GOAT, the greatest of all time. I thought for a brief moment, it was like cattle herding AI technology and that some guy is, you know, herding goats in the Andes Mountains and he comes up with this idea and he goes and Googles fetchgoat.com and he's like, oh man, somebody already took it. I'd love to get that email. So Bill, now that we have an idea of where you're going and what you're working on right now, let's go all the way back to the beginning. You shared that you not only grew up poor, but you grew up po. We, uh, yeah, I told you we were so po, so poor you couldn't afford the extra OR. People would say, you know, goodness, you know, you kids don't know when you're poor. Yeah, you do. You sure do. You know, you know it when the other poor kids in the neighborhood say, "Man, you guys are poor." You get a pretty good idea. I grew up from pretty humble beginnings. And I'm Native American, grew up in a Native American community. Wasn't a lot. It wasn't a lack of love or anything. It was just, we just didn't have a lot of money or hardly any. You know, we were, you had to be creative, you know, as a kid. So that creativity kind of led to bootstrapping, obviously. But, you know, you had to be creative in, in building your own bike. And I love motorcycles, still ride and race motorcycles today. And I have a beautiful bike. And, um, but back then, you know, I had, I had bike kind of put together with lawnmower parts and, you know, whatever, whatever I could find uh, that was free, but it worked, you know, it was still fun. You still had the wind blowing through your hair. I would never trade my upbringing for the world. It gave me a sense of the person that I am today. You know, the most important thing that I take from it is I never wanted my family to be subject to the embarrassment, not being able to afford things and seeing other kids that had things and the jealousy, I guess, it really makes you work hard, you know, makes you work hard all the way around from going to school to how you're going to get to school how are you going to pay for it? And then, of course, once you get into the job market, you, know, you got to fight your way through there too. Because again, you don't, you know, you have that humble upbringing, a scrappiness to you. So, Bill, with those humble roots, then you must have either had really good grades to be able to go to college after high school or do something different. What was your path out of poverty once you'd graduated high school? So, I didn't make it to school, made it to the University of Kansas, didn't do so well, but man, I was a blast at parties. So, so after a while, they asked me, um, you know, not to be a part of University of Kansas any longer. I needed to grow up and, and get out of there. And I decided to join the Navy. You know, that was going to be the only way because the Navy had this thing called the GI Bill. And I could get my college paid for at that time. I wouldn't have to, you know, go to school and then work, you know, half the night, you know, to pay bills. So I went to the Navy, earned my GI Bill. So fought in uh, Desert Shield, Desert Storm and Southern Watch, earned my GI Bill. Most importantly, met my wife. So I met my wife of 30 plus years and the mother of my beautiful three daughters, now granddaughters and grandson. Couldn't have been better. Well, first then, let me pause and thank you for your service. We appreciate it. Thank you for what you've done and the sacrifices that you've made. I hope you hear that all the time, but if you don't, please know that it's appreciated. You've shared then that you, know, you spent many years in the military. You've been married for over 30 years. Your first job in logistics was 12 years. 
you're not a guy who is fickle or who has one foot in the door and one foot out. You pick a path and then you commit. Where did that come from? Humble beginnings. Absolutely. If you're going to get an opportunity, you need to make the most of it. And I'm forever grateful for the opportunity that I got to get into logistics with uh, ABF Freight Systems. So I was with ABF for, for almost a dozen years and was so grateful for that opportunity and took full advantage of that opportunity. I will always take advantage of any opportunity that's given to me. You know, my goal is to, I know this will happen, I'll will it to happen, but I want Fetchco to be wildly successful because, you know, once that happens and I retire, I want to continue to give back to the logistics community by volunteering, consulting, helping startups, you know, whatever it takes. I want to show people there's a good path in logistics. You know, Nate, I also do some mentoring at the Creek Indian College up in Oklahoma. Once a quarter, they have a mentorship program and I teach young Native students about logistics. I told them, I said, look, this is a way that I lifted myself and created an entire career for myself. And many others have too. Forever grateful for logistics. So you've been around the block. You've seen a lot of things. This is your first company that you founded and you know, you're approaching a few years in. With all of your life experience and now the fetch code experience behind you and the mentoring that you're doing for younger folks, what advice would you give to founders today that you wish somebody had shared with you when you first started? Absolutely stick with it. If it doesn't involve driving revenue, get it off your calendar. Revenue is so important because when that day comes where you start to talk to investors and you don't have any revenue, they're just going to kind of give you the, hey, nice product. We'll be back in touch. It's a little early for us. And so focus on driving revenue. Reach out to other founders, get some help, look on LinkedIn, see who you know that I know and make those connections and get introductions because we've all been there. And so I talk to my former salespeople all the time and ask for, hey, can you get me an introduction to this company here? I do that every single day. Take full advantage of that and focus on driving revenue. If it doesn't involve revenue, get it off your calendar. That kind of ruthlessness with your time is so essential because there are a million things you could spend your time on. And the more successful you are, the more people want your time. How do you balance then giving back to others and still needing to meet the demands of your own company? While my customer is available during work hours, I'll focus my efforts on the customer. But if you know someone asks for some time, I'll explain to them, look, I'm a startup. I'm doing everything I can to drive revenue. If you want to meet, man, I'll meet with you Saturday morning. We can talk you know, Sunday evening, you name it, not during football time. I mean, we got to have boundaries. <laughs> yeah, anytime outside of that. But yeah, I'll meet with them anytime to help just respect that I'm trying to drive revenue now. How would others then describe your energy or how do you think other people would describe your energy or the way that you show up in the world? I already have my own impressions, but I'm curious what you think about how others perceive you. You know, it's funny, Nate. The older you get, the less you really care about that. That's really a true statement. I would hope that people would say that, that I'm positive, that I make them laugh. I take humor in just about everything. You have to have a great sense of humor in this industry because if not, you're going to drive yourself crazy. They'll say that I'm always positive. I will work you know, side by side with them. I never look at my team as the team and I'm the quarterback. I'm always the blocker. I'm a lineman. I'm the guy out in front of you that's going to mow down any obstacle, whatever it takes. I will go through whatever it takes to get you across the finish line. 
And then we're going to dust ourselves off. We're going to high five and we're going to go back and do it again. I don't think I've yet heard a founder describe themselves as an offensive lineman like that. I really like that visual because it's usually the quarterback or the star player that gets all the accolades and all the attention. And yet none of that is possible without somebody paving the way. I'm the one that gets the opportunity to talk to you today. But I can tell you, I've got co-founders that are absolutely brilliant. I have uh, advisors and mentors that are absolutely brilliant and some titans in this industry. Right now, I get to talk to you. I can already tell that you're going to be somebody I talk to years from now because the way that you approach the world and the generosity that you show is is something that I've already come to value in our short time getting to know each other. So I'm never going to forget that. I'm especially never going to forget the name Fetch Goat. Stuck in my head, and now I know exactly what it is. So where can other people go if they want to learn more about Fetch Goat or reach out to you directly? Well, first of all, you can find us on the web at uh, fetchgoat.com. Please come and like and follow us on LinkedIn. We try to put out you know good, rich content on a daily basis. Friend me on, on LinkedIn as well. I'll return the favor and, and like and follow you. I understand you definitely have to do that. I play nicely on LinkedIn, and so take full advantage of that. Again, I appreciate you being on the show, Bill. Thanks for, for all that you've done here. Folks, thanks you for listening as well. Please go ahead and subscribe to the show. Of course, you can join the conversation with me on Twitter. I'm at LogisticsTwit. You can follow along on LinkedIn or in the Freightcasts section on the FreightWaves page. Bill, keep up all the good work. We are all rooting for you. Thanks for listening to another founder share their story on the Bootstrapper's Guide to Logistics. If you'd like to become part of the story yourself, please subscribe to our show and leave a review. Thank you, and we'll see you next week.